This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Hello, and welcome to another World of UX podcast. I'm your host, Darren Hood. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune in to the episode. We are going to wrap up the current topic today of the mirage of personal UX maturity. Just spending some time trying to encourage and exhort some people to make sure as you're developing in the discipline to just simply be patient. That's that's probably, if I had to sum up everything that I'm addressing in this particular topic, it would revolve around patience. No matter, you could be a person who's interested in UX, you could be a person who is new to the field, an entry-level person, you could be a a mid-level skilled UX professional, you could be a senior person. No matter where you are in your personal UX journey, we, we're always on a path of continued education. So we're always learning. Technology is changing. Users are changing. Form factors are changing. And therefore, as we engage in this infinite science, as I mentioned in another episode, we always have to be ready to grow. We always have to be ready to get better. We always have to challenge ourselves. We always have to evaluate ourselves so that we can honestly and objectively identify where we are and then take the appropriate steps to to get better, to bring more value for our users and to bring more value to our organization. So that that's, if I had to sum it up, that's the way I would present it. But this is the third episode that we're talking about this particular topic. And of course, we're gonna approach it in a methodical manner as we always do. Last week in particular, just piggybacking on that, I spent some time trying to illustrate that growing, maturing when it comes to personal UX maturity is no different than any other discipline. I'm going to repeat a statement that I made last week. I want some people, just in case you didn't hear last week, I really need you to hear and understand and digest this. There isn't a single scientific discipline anywhere in this world that does not require time, an investment, sweat equity, us spending some time just really getting some elbow grease in there, so to speak, putting forth some effort so that we can become X, whatever that is that we're trying to become. If you want to be a good UX researcher, you're going to have to spend some time working on that. You're going to have to develop skill and knowledge and you continue to build mastery over time. You just keep going, you keep going, you keep going, you keep learning, you keep learning. You're going to bump your head. You're going to learn what best practices are. There are things that are going to appear to look like it's a good idea and and then you'll get out there and you'll find out ah, that wasn't the right thing to do. We all do that. It doesn't matter what the discipline is. I presented three. And it's cooks, photographers, and people in medical fields. No matter where you are as a cook, you always have to start somewhere and grow. 
no matter what type of photography you're into, if you're really a photographer, you're going to start at a certain level and you're going to grow. And the same thing applies to medical fields, no matter what med- medical field a person is is embarking on, whatever that journey might be. For some reason, when it comes to UX, and this is something that has been more, uh, it's been more of a, uh, a happening, for lack of a better word, at the moment, over the last seven years or so, where people just, I mean, when, when I came along, when I was a junior, there was no question. You just learned. You wanted to find out what you needed to do. You wanted to learn more about UX and you just applied yourself to it and you continued to grow. There was no going from zero to 60 in six months as some people are advertising and selling people on today. So really need to stress the importance of patience when it comes to growing your personal UX maturity. Now, before we get into the the, the, the crux of what we wanted to talk about tonight, I do also, in addition to giving you that base foundation, just reiterate, what is personal UX maturity? It really has to do with your development, and we're aligning that with organizational UX maturity, which is really where we're going to go tonight. So, so wherever you are in your journey, make sure that you commit to a method, make sure you commit to timelines, and make sure you're in it for the long haul. Don't believe the hype that you can learn UX in six months. You cannot. You can barely lay a foundation in six months. There is so much to learn when it comes to user experience that there is absolutely no way that you're going to get it all in a few weeks and in a few months. But if you know that up front, well, number one, you won't buy into somebody who's trying to sell you a microwavable career path. Uh, you can keep your money in your pocket and you can just continue to to go about this thing the right way. You also won't tap into not just the people who are trying to oversell you on a, on a fake career path, on an artificial career path, but you also need to watch your sources in general because you don't want to spend all your time reading Medium articles. The vast, 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 vast majority of them are not reliable. They're not trustworthy. They have no editors associated with them. There's nobody checking to make sure that the information is valid. Somebody just gets an idea and they write an article and they post it and it's out there. And if somebody knows enough people who are curious and are satisfied with the most minuscule mention of a UX-related topic, they can get their post on LinkedIn or their article or whatever it is that they're doing, their tweet to go viral. Just because something goes viral doesn't mean that it's valid. So in addition to making sure you don't tap into people who are trying to sell you on on an artificial career path, you also need to be very, very selective about the resources that you tap into You want to learn UX the right way. You don't want to have to go through a a cognitive enema because you've tapped into some of the wrong information. So those things said, I want to challenge everybody tonight. I, I don't care where you are in your maturity. I don't care where you are in your career. And frankly, there are a lot of people who are not as far down the UX career path as they think they are. Just the other day on LinkedIn, someone asked me, how did you progress in, in your own career, Darren? What, how long did it take you 
to become a senior? How how long did you toil as a as an entry level UX professional? And I itemized for this individual. I itemized my my path. I, I talked about how that I basically man I did not get a senior title or a lead title until at least doing the work for about 10 years or so. It, it, it's interesting, but today you have people who are getting the senior UX title in a year. I've seen people get it in two years. I've seen some people get titles reflective of higher degrees of seniority and it's their first UX position. What do you think that does for the discipline? What do you think that does for the stakeholders who don't understand a lot about UX when they interact with that individual? The discipline, as I've mentioned before, is under siege. The discipline is in a dangerous place. And if we don't do that which is necessary on an individual level, forget about the groups right now, if we don't do what we need to do on the individual level, this can create problems, and it does, and it has created a lot of problems for the UX discipline. So I, I, I can't stress enough how critical the personal UX maturity component is. Now, I want to parallel it to another maturity model that's out there. We're going to parallel this to the the corporate UX maturity model. And I'm going to use Jacob Nielsen's maturity level model for this. Uh, the first level is hostility, where developers don't want to hear about users or their needs. Nobody, not only developers, stakeholders, nobody really cares. Everybody is hostile toward UX. At the second level, everything is more developer-centered. So the team is relying on intuition, and they allow the developers to execute UX, to actually put the UX uh, designs together to lead the charge, even though they're coders. These people don't know anything about user experience, not what they should know and not what they claim to know. Certainly, actually, truth be told, a lot of people like that know enough about UX to be dangerous. It is not ethical for, for one person to do another person's job. I don't know why people don't understand that today. Uh, but as Jacob Nielsen has said, if your UX is developer-centered, that is a very low level on the maturity level scale. He said it. I didn't. Don't get angry at me. You're surely not going to get angry at him. So let's just embrace what he's saying today. Level three is Skunk Works, where guerrilla user research is taking place. You rely on external usability experts. The people in the company are not really executing it. The fourth level is a dedicated budget. So now that's where people are actually planning for it in the company. You have people that are including this. The dollar figure is something that they are willing to spend on. Number five is managed. That's where you have someone that thinks about usability across the entire organization. So it's starting to become, uh, in a sense, interwoven into the, the, the company's fiber, its, its operation, basically speaking. Number six, level six is the systematic process where you begin to track the UX quality. So now documentation of what's going on from a UX perspective is taking place. People are taking note. And when that kind of thing happens, 
people in leadership are starting to watch and, and track these things. So it's really, really important. Level seven, this is integrated user-centered design. This is where usability data is used to determine what the company should build. In other words, you start to engage in data-driven efforts where data is used to validate design efforts. It's used to confirm which experience is the best and people are making decisions based on that data instead of genius design, which is what happens in the lower levels of maturity or the hippo impact, the highest paid person's opinion determines what's done. That's uh, when that is going on, the company is not very mature from a UX standpoint. And the last level, level eight, where you have a user driven corporation where usability affects corporate strategy. It's interwoven into the actual strategy at the highest level of the company. And they're not just looking to put together pretty designs, but they are very concerned about what's happening from a UX perspective and they won't do anything without engaging with UX. Again, that is the highest level. Now let's take some of this, not necessarily all of this. I'm just trying to get everybody to think today about the personal UX maturity level and we want to get rid of the mirage, the mirage that you can get somewhere fast because fast really is irrelevant. If we're going to be committed to continued education and we know that we are always developing and we're always growing, fast has to do with ending something, getting somewhere quickly and ending a journey. Well, there is no end to this journey and getting somewhere fast is completely, it, it doesn't make any sense. That's not the goal. We're talking about being effective. We're not talking about being fast. We're talking about being thorough. We're not talking about being fast. We're talking about advocating for users and bringing or benefiting the business as well as the users. And that, so that has nothing to do with speed of your development as much as it does the making sure that you're crossing all of your T's, dotting all of your I's, and making sure that you're accounting for various aspects of the discipline that are a benefit to you in your career, as well as bringing value to your organization and again into your users. So speed, throw speed out the window. We're not trying to get somewhere fast. That helps no one. And all it does is, again, it's it establishes this mirage that now everybody wants to get somewhere quickly. It, it's completely worthless. And everybody who gets there quickly thinks that there's something that they are not. So we want to we want to drop that. We want to get somebody to wake up today and and look at UX from a from a, a, a very realistic perspective and do the right things. So here we go. From a personal UX maturity level perspective, paralleling what Nielsen has done. If you are the, on the first level of the personal UX maturity ladder, that means that you are hostile towards the discipline, hostile toward the principles, hostile toward the four pillars, hostile toward senior practitioners. There are a lot of people who are UX professionals today who are hostile. They don't really care about the users. Yes, that does include the vast, vast majority of people today who have the title of product designers, where all they're doing is focusing on the business and the users get left out in the cold. But these people want to be considered to be UX professionals. There are very few people that are product designers. I said this before, who really are true UX professionals, but the vast majority of the people who hold that title are not. 
But if you look at the job postings, it looks it looks and sounds like a UX position. No, no, not anymore. I'm not going to let anybody get away with that. Not on my watch. I will continue to speak against that. So if you're hostile toward the principles of UX, the principles of the discipline, you are referring to those things as old fashioned. You are an enemy of UX. Basically, you are hostile towards UX. Level two, developer centered on Nielsen's side, on the personal side, you think it's okay for developers to do UX. And you think that intuition and the opinions of stakeholders, that it's okay to drive a design without engaging from from the perspective of the discipline. Intuition is key. Bias is okay. You don't care if developers are doing the UX. You are on level two. You're no longer hostile. You're just putting your confidence in the wrong people. So if you are at level two, you need to work to get past that. Level three, skunk works. This is where you're, you have started to do some research, but it's only guerrilla research. It's only very basic. You pull a few people into a room here or there. You, you actually begin to study them and you have them try to use something, but it's extremely rudimentary. There's no real structure to it. There's not a whole lot of science being applied to it, but you're trying to make some progress. So we give you credit for trying to make some progress, but guerrilla user research is one of about 95 different research methods. So you still have quite a ways to go. Don't pat yourself on the back too much. If all you're doing is guerrilla user research, there is a whole world of UX research out there that folks still need to tap into. We're not going to parallel with Nielsen's level four. We're not going to parallel with Nielsen's level six. And we're not going to parallel with level eight. We are, however, going to take a look at level seven, the managed level, where in Nielsen's model, somebody is thinking about usability across the organization. When you have advanced properly in your personal UX maturity, you are 100% focused on usability. It doesn't matter whether you're working on the information architecture. It doesn't matter whether you're working on the interaction or the interface design. And even when you're, you're doing research, everything that you do revolves around usability. Can people efficiently use the design that we're putting before them? And you are willing to to approach validation and confirmation of that usability in any way possible. That's the core of what usability professionals are about. Is my design, is my solution, is my resource usable? And is it bringing value and delight to those users? So we have to work to obtain that. We're not just trying to put something together, throw it out there and then celebrate because it's out there and people can access it. That's not enough. Usability is key. This leads us to the next level where the equivalent to level seven with Nielsen, where employing usability data is something that's critical. We want to try to obtain that data. It might be coming through heuristics because heuristics are already proven principles, best practices, common conventions, things of that nature. So we use that. And 
it might come from your UX research where you're going to validate. And we make lots of discoveries when we do research. We even find out that we may have been wrong about something during research. But these levels, these levels, look at where you are, examine yourself based on the things that I just presented, see where you stand in your personal UX maturity, and then beyond these things, continue to grow your knowledge and your skill. Now you're making progress. Now you're representing the discipline the way it should be represented. That's what we need in the world of UX today. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining me again. This is your host, Darren Hood for the world of UX. Happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.